0: Well again, thank you everyone for joining us today. It's so wonderful to all be together to worship the Lord together. In our normal services at East Shore Baptist Church, we've been studying through the gospel of Mark, the gospel of Mark. And the reason we've been doing that is we've been trying to answer this question, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Not who do we think Jesus is, not what have other people told us who jesus is but what is the bible what does god's holy word say about jesus christ and we're toward the beginning of mark chapter 7 now and i'm going to skip ahead a little bit from those who've been with us here at east shore to mark 7 mark chapter 7 verses 24 through 30. mark 7 24 through 30. and the reason i'm jumping ahead to that is because i believe this is a passage that has powerful application for both of the congregations that are gathered here today. So Mark 7, 24 through 30. Now, if you were here at East Shore last week, we talked about how God's word is better than just living by tradition. God's word is better than living by rituals or rules. And in Jesus's day, one of the big rules for the Jewish people like Jesus was, was that you were not supposed to talk to Gentile, to non-Jewish women. You're not supposed to be seen with them. They were considered to be dangerous, considered to be unclean, yet that's what we're going to see Jesus do in this passage. Now this story is also in Matthew chapter 15, but we're looking at it here in Mark 7. And what we're going to see is that a Gentile woman humbly comes to Jesus. And what she discovers is that Jesus cares about all types of people and that he shows grace to the humble. So if you're not already there, we'll have it up on the screen. But if you have a Bible, you can turn to Mark chapter 7, again, verses 24 through 30. And something we do here at Eshore Baptist Church is when God's word is read, we stand in honor of the reading of God's word. So if you are able, would you please stand as I read our passage today? Mark 7, 24 through 30. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Verse 24 says this, And from there he, being Jesus, arose and went away to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered a house and did not want anyone to know. Yet he could not be hidden. But immediately a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile, a Syrophoenician by birth. your daughter and she went home and found the child lying in bed and the demon gone let's pray together Lord thank you for this morning thank you for being able to come together these two churches to worship you and God as we look at your word this morning I pray that you would show us your son Jesus Christ in this passage. May we learn about him that he cares about all types of people. May we learn about him that he shows grace to the humble. May we see him clearly. May you remove distractions and other thoughts for our minds so that we may know Jesus more. To borrow words from John the Baptist from John three thirty, I pray that Jesus, he may increase and that I may decrease. Thank you, Lord, for your word. And thank you for Jesus Christ. It's in his name that I pray. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. There are two questions I'd like to talk about this morning. Two questions that have two answers that tell us two things about Jesus. The first question I would like to look at is, who is this woman in this story? Who is this woman who comes to Jesus? And the answer we find out is that she is a Gentile which means a non-Jew. She is a Gentile. We're told in this passage that Jesus travels to an area where Gentiles live, not Jews, but Gentiles, near the cities of Tyre and Sidon. This would be in modern-day Lebanon today. Jesus visits this Gentile area, even though most Jews would stay far away from there, but he goes there willingly. This area was known for its pagan religions, but that does not stop Jesus. And this is remarkable because Jesus only had his ministry. He only taught, preached, and healed for about three to four years. Yet even in that, he took some time to go somewhere else, away from his people, and share God's word there. Now, he goes to this place initially because he wants to get away. Maybe he wants to rest. He's been working hard. If you were here to be sure, we just talked about how he called the Pharisees, the religious leaders, hypocrites. So maybe he's trying to avoid arrest because he still has work to do. Maybe he wants to teach his disciples in a private place. Or again, maybe he just wants to rest. But instead, this becomes an opportunity for him to share God's love with Gentiles. Because even outside of Jewish territory, we're told in the passage that he is known, he is recognized, he cannot be hidden. People know who he is, they know what he is about. We've seen this earlier. If you read earlier in the Gospel of Mark, people from this region had come to see Jesus. They knew who he was. And in verses 25 and 26, we're told that this time there's a woman who comes to him who has a daughter who is possessed by a demon. And this woman hears about Jesus. She hears that he is near to her. She immediately comes to him. She falls down, bows down at his feet. She persistently begs Jesus to cast this demon out, to drive it out. She's a parent willing to do anything for her child. Now we're not told what was happening to this little girl, but if you read elsewhere in the Bible, when someone is Possessed or oppressed by a demon, it often involves mental suffering, physical suffering. Often the demon tries to get the person it's attacking to kill themselves. So this, some of these things may have been happening to this girl. We're also told about this woman that she is, she is a Syro or a Syrian Phoenician, which means she was a native of this area of Phoenicia, this ancient kingdom, which included these cities, Tyre and Sidon. And this Gentile woman comes to Jesus, a Jewish man. That was an action you shouldn't do. That was socially unacceptable. That was breaking all of the rules. But she is in great need. And Jesus models prophets from the Old Testament. There's one Elijah. This is from 1 Kings 17. He comes to this area, and a woman here needs his help, and he helps her. And so in the same way, Jesus responds to this woman. But what Jesus says is interesting. If we look at verse 27, Jesus gives what comes across as almost an offensive response. But the key word here is first. He says, let the children be fed first. It's not right to take the children's bread and then throw it to the dogs. The word is closer to the idea of puppies, house pets. Jesus is saying that the bread of his message, the good news of the gospel, is supposed to go first to God's children, his family. It's supposed to go first to the Jews and then it goes out to the Gentiles. Salvation is offered first to the Jews and then it goes to the Gentile dogs or puppies. And so his response is a test. He's using a common view of Gentiles as an opportunity for this woman to share God's (laughs) truth. Salvation did go first to the Jews, but as we see, it then goes to all, to everyone, can come to know God. The Apostle Paul would write in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, to the Gentile, to the non-Jew. Jesus gives this response because he's setting this woman up so that she can have a humble response and a response of faith that's a powerful display of what god can do so what do we learn from this though this gentile woman coming to jesus well what we learn is that jesus cares for all types of people he receives her and he will help her because he cares for all types of people and i look out in this room and i don't know every background of every person specifically but i'm willing to say the vast majority of us we are not ethnic jews We are not by birth part of the Hebrew people. We are not physical descendants of Abraham and the Jewish people. But at the same time, we can receive God's grace. We may not come from Abraham and his family. We come from America, from Nepal. Our ancestors come from various places in Europe, Africa, and Asia. But God's love goes out beyond just one particular people group. His love goes to all who will receive him? His love goes to every people group. We see this in Scripture. Yes, it went first to the Jews, but Acts chapter 13 tells us that it went beyond that. Because Paul and Barnabas say to the Jews, It was necessary that the word of God be spoken first to you, but since many of them thrust it aside, you judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life. Behold, we are turning to the Gentiles. God has turned to those who are not Jews. He has called all people to his kingdom. Jesus is interested in meeting the needs of the lowliest person, no matter what people group they come from, no matter where on earth they are. He recognizes faith from all cultural backgrounds. And someday, Scripture tells us someday, there will be someone from every ethnicity, every culture represented before God, worshiping him. Well, we see this in the book of revelation john looks and he sees and he sees a great multitude a large number of people that no one could number these people are from every nation they're from all tribes peoples and languages they are all standing before god's throne before the lamb of god jesus christ they have white robes they're clean and they have palm branches they cry out with a loud voice salvation belongs to our god who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. And let me ask those of us here, is this our view of God's kingdom? Do we view God's kingdom as having people from every nation and every people group? Or is the good news something we keep to ourselves, that we cling on to? Oh, this this vision, this picture shows us that it is something to be shared with the world. It's a challenge to us to treat all people with the love and support they deserve so that they can hear the good news. Or do we turn away from that? Do we view our country, our culture, as more important than Jesus? No, we're called to share God's Word with all kinds, all types of people around the world. Around the world. If, if I may, I'd like, like to say a few words to my Nepalese brothers and sisters, who I'm so grateful that you are here today and just remind you that Jesus cares for you. He cares for all people. And I also want to encourage you with that because a few months ago, I received a prayer request from someone connected to your church. I I don't know who exactly it was from, but this person shared with me that, uh, through this piece of paper that they sent, that they were being bullied and harassed by someone because they weren't from the United States and someone was mistreating them for that reason. And I just want to say to whoever that was that I'm so sorry that happened to you. That, that behavior is wrong, it is inexcusable. And whoever you are, I have been praying for you. And you should know that that type of behavior is not the heart of Jesus Christ. Jesus cares, Jesus shows his grace to us. In fact, that's the opposite of how Jesus treats us. He welcomes all kinds of people, no matter where they are from or who they are. And so the challenge to all of us is, do we do the same? Do we show God's love and grace to every kind of person we meet because all are invited to God's kingdom? That's what's so great about our service today. Right now in this church, we are picturing in just a small little image, God's kingdom, a combination of different cultures and languages and people all coming together to worship him because he cares for all kinds of people. Praise God that we can have that opportunity. But there's another lesson that we can take from this woman. Another question I have about her. Not only who was she, but how. How did this woman come to Jesus? How did this Gentile woman approach Jesus Christ? And the answer is humbly, with humility, she came to Christ. We see this in how urgently, how immediately she falls at Jesus' feet but we particularly and especially see it in verse 28 of our passage where she gives a persistent yet humble response. She heard Jesus and what he said. She understands his story about the children should eat first at the table and then food can go down below, but she keeps seeking his grace. She acknowledges who she is. She calls him Lord, master. She acknowledges that he is in control. She understands, yes, you came to speak first to the Jews, but at the same time, she humbly seeks God's grace for her need because she believes Jesus is powerful enough that he can show grace to me too. He has more than enough goodwill to bring healing to my daughter. All she wants are the crumbs, the scraps of blessing. She's not thinking about her rights, her privileges, what she deserves. She's saying, yes, Jesus, but I, I know you have even just a little grace that you can give me too. She wants to see her daughter healed. And so instead of taking offense, being hurt by what Jesus said, she chooses a humble, faithful response. She doesn't act arrogantly. She doesn't act entitled. I deserve better. How dare you say that to me? no. No, she humbly accepts, "Yes, Jesus, you have come first to these people, but I know that your good news will also, can, can also come to me. She submits to Jesus in her time of need. And friends, whether we want to admit it or not, in this picture, this story, Jesus tells, all of us, no matter who we are, we are the dogs under the table. We do not deserve blessing. From Jesus. We do not deserve God's goodness because we sin, we do wrong against God. We don't deserve the good things He brings our way. We don't deserve the air that we breathe. We don't deserve to sit at His table. Yet, He has made a way to provide for us. He's made a way to feed us. He's made a way to save us that we can be invited to the table, that we can become God's children. Through Jesus, He makes us. His children. And we see an example of that in this very story here, because in the next few verses, Jesus hears what she says and he acts. What does he do in verse 29? He tells her for this statement to go and tells her to trust him. The demon has left your daughter. And so she leaves and heads home. These words from Jesus are very similar to something he said to someone else. There was another official who came to him begged him for something, and he told that official to trust him as well. This is in John 4. Jesus says to this man, Go, your son will live. And the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. And as he was going, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. Jesus does this often. He says, the healing has happened. Go. It happened to this man. And here in our passage here, in mark 7 the same thing happens to this woman he tells her to go he honors her faith he heals her daughter he satisfied her need out of his love and this woman arrives at home and what does she find but her daughter has been healed she is lying in bed she is finally at peace from the torture of this demon this is such a powerful story because Jesus' friends, the people who he grew up with would say, this Gentile woman is unclean. She doesn't deserve God's grace. She doesn't deserve things from God. Her people hate God. But still, through her humble faith, she finds God's grace. And we see that Jesus' grace, his forgiveness is greater than we could possibly imagine. His grace came to this woman just the way she was. She didn't have to do anything to earn it. She didn't have to fix her life before she came to him. No, she approached Jesus with humble trust. And so what is the lesson for us? What do we learn about Jesus from this? What we learn is that Jesus gives grace to the humble. Jesus gives grace to the humble. Jesus gives his forgiveness, his salvation, his grace to those who humbly come to him. There are lots of places in the Bible I could go to to prove this or talk about it. I, I just picked out two. One is Isaiah 66, where God says, This is the one to whom I will look, he who is humble, he who is contrite, lowly in spirit, the one who trembles at, respects God's word. That is the one God looks to with forgiveness and grace. Or we could look at the New Testament in the book of James. James chapter 4 tells us that he, God, gives more grace. Therefore, it says God opposes the proud, those who think highly of themselves, and he gives grace to the humble. And James goes on to say, So humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Humble yourselves. And the question, the challenge for us is to look at the example of this woman and think, have we humbly come to Jesus? Have we humbly come to Jesus for salvation? Have we received this grace of God? And we need to ask ourselves, Is it? do I come to Jesus? Is he the one I trust? Maybe I depend on myself. I think if I do these right things, if I figure out this, if I make enough money, if I do this, then I'll be right with God. But that's not how it is. Our example is to follow this woman and to fall on our face before Jesus. Say, Jesus, we need you to save us. To turn away from our sin, reject the wrong that we have done, and instead trust in Jesus' power. To trust in his life, his death. To trust in his resurrection for us. We are to believe and trust in him and him alone. Maybe you're here and you haven't done that, then I encourage you to have a conversation with someone. Find someone who speaks your language. Ask them, how can I know Jesus Christ? How can I turn from sin? How can I come to him like this woman and find comfort and peace with him? And we will be happy to share that with you. We are to believe and trust in him because he, Jesus Christ alone, is worthy of that trust.